Subscribe to the Hit That Line Podcast Network. Y'all ready for this? This is the Gimme the Hogs Chuck Podcast presented by Weikert Realtors, the Griffin Company. Just when I thought I was out, they pulled me back in. He is a loathsome, offensive brute. Yet I can't look away. This is the business we've chosen. I am sooner born, sooner bred, but since that sooner schooner is stuck, now I say, give me the hogs, Chuck. Give me the hogs, Chuck. Hey, welcome in. Glad you're here. It is a midweek edition of the Give Me the Hawks Chuck podcast presented by Wanker Realtors, the Griffin Company. Everybody gearing up for the ball game this Saturday down in Dallas. An 11 o'clock start. The Razorbacks at Texas A&M. Arkansas has got to get back on the winning track. They've been doing a lot of work this week. The rest of us have been talking about social media, which I am not going to talk about today. But that's been a lot of the conversation. All the while... They've been working, trying to get ready for this game. Big question, is Rocket going to play? This was Sam Pittman. As confident as I've been since the Western Carolina game, I would be lying to you if I told you that I'm sure he's going to play. I feel better about his opportunity to play, but we still have to see how he recovered from yesterday's limited reps that he participated in and go from there. But this week, I thought he was further ahead than on Monday than what I thought he would be. Didn't swell up too bad on him yesterday. We'll give him a little less reps today and then see where he's at on Thursday, but we're obviously hoping he can play. The great thing about Rocket is he's very mature, wants to play, wants to be back, wants to help his team. He's handled it professionally. If he feels like he can play, we certainly will. And, and he's one of those guys you just ask him, hey, are you ready to go? And if he says yes, then we're going to play him. If he says no, I don't feel quite that way, then obviously we won't. But he's handled it professionally and, and uh, been really a big part of uh, practice, even when he wasn't able to participate as much as we'd like for him to. I like the sound of that, as close as he's been. I know he's been practicing this week. Now, here's the thing that you have to realize is that your body's got to respond and then recover from that practice. Just because you're out there doesn't necessarily mean you're going to play. Sometimes how you feel the next day is the most important thing. And I'll go back to his initial injury. He played against Western Carolina, had a decent game, not a great game, decent game, scored a couple of touchdowns. There weren't a lot of you know big yardage plays or anything like that. But my point is, when we left the stadium that Saturday, nobody thought Rocket was hurt. There was no conversation about it. Everything seemed fine. And then the next day, there's the swelling. And it's obviously gone from there. But it sounds like he's really close. And he'll make a difference. I think one of the things that has ailed Arkansas has been the fact that you've got a 1,400-yard first-team all-SEC running back who's not been in there. That matters. And if he can play Saturday, I think it'll make a difference in this game. And as he becomes 100%, I think it'll have a profound effect on this offense. As far as the other side goes, we're going to see Max Johnson as the Texas A&M quarterback. Connor Wegman was hurt in their win over Auburn. He didn't come back in the second half. He's not going to play this week. The reports out of College Station say he may be out for an extended period, perhaps even the remainder of the season. So absolutely, they're going to sink or swim with Max Johnson this week, and then 
I guess they'll reevaluate going forward. He was 7 for 11 last week against Auburn, threw a couple of touchdown passes in the second half. He was 20 for 31, or is 20 for 31 on the season. And he was good against Arkansas last year. It'll actually be the third time the Razorbacks have faced him. You know, he was at LSU in 21 and didn't play the whole game, played a little bit, and then obviously was the starter last year for Texas A&M, and he'll be the starter on Saturday night. We're going to talk about the Aggies on the Give Me the Hogs Chuck podcast today. Andrew Monaco is in his sixth season as the voice of the Texas A&M Aggies. He replaced a legend there as well. Dave South had been the voice of Texas A&M for as long as I can remember. And he hung it up a few years back, and Andrew took over. Uh, Andrew's got a professional sports background, and is really good. I think he's one of the best out there. And we're going to talk to him coming up in just a little bit about the state of the Aggies. And uh, we'll even talk a little bit about Bobby Petrino, too. You're listening to the Gimme the Hogs Chuck podcast presented by White Curd Realtors, the Griffin Company. First, though, I want to talk to those of you who are buying or selling a home. You've heard me talk about Weicker Realtors, the Griffin Company, a lot. I can tell you about my experience, and I have before. I partnered with them to buy and to sell. Did it more than a couple of times, to be very honest with you. What I discovered was that when you partner with a real professional, things always seem to turn out okay. There may be an obstacle or two here and there. And I remember the first time I bought a house. I mean, that was an obstacle day. And they made it as easy as it could be. And the bottom line was, by the end of the day, I'd bought a house. And I think that if you're in that situation, what you're going to find is they have the knowledge, they have the wherewithal to get you to the finish line, whether you're a buyer or a seller. In most cases, it's going to be the most money you ever spend in your life. You want to make certain that whatever side of the table you're on, whichever side of the table you're on, that you are partnered with someone who understands every nuance of the business. That was my experience with Weicker Realtors, the Griffin Company. I think it'll be your experience, too. Now, they've got an office in Fayetteville. They're in Springdale, Bentonville, Fort Smith. They're servicing southern Missouri, north-central Arkansas, out of Branson. And you can always log on to WeicherGriffin.com. I always enjoy when the Razorbacks play Texas A&M because I get to see Andrew Monaco. He's the play-by-play man for Texas A&M. He's in his sixth year. Now, he's a broadcast veteran, but he's in his sixth year with Texas A&M. And, uh, Andrew, first, how are you? I hope you're doing well. I'm doing very well, my friend. And may I start by congratulating you on the Hall of Fame. Well-deserved. What an honor. Can't think of anybody better. Well, you're very nice to say that, and uh, I do appreciate it. I got to ask you, um, it sounds like this is going to be this year and next year are going to be the last years we play at Cowboys Stadium. Um, what's the view of A&M? I mean, it sounds like they want it on campus, and I gather from what the people at Arkansas say they do too. Yeah, I know Jimbo uses this to his advantage. Chuck, you know this. Anybody who plays in Texas, this is where the high school championships are played at Cowboy Stadium. Uh, so that's that's your entire goal all season, whether you're there in North Texas or coming out of Houston or West Texas in that uh, Odessa Permian Basin, um, East Texas, those, those kids. And Jimbo also uses it, and I'm sure Sam Pittman does as well. 
look, if you want to win the SEC West and the SEC Championship, you're going to be playing in this stadium for either a semifinal or for a, a national championship. And at the very least, to play in the Cotton Bowl. So Jimbo uses that to his advantage. Obviously, the school uses it for, uh, you know, uh, the alumni in North Texas and the, and the Aggie family. But there's also the part I, I know in the back of their minds, uh, they like to get that home game. <laughs> Jimbo loves playing at Kyle Field. He has said that. If, if there's any place I have to if, – if it can't be Kyle Field, he doesn't mind playing there. But, uh, again, um, I think it's been fun. The games, I think, because of the way the games have been, I think that's what helps that atmosphere. But Jimbo likes that 50-50 split because it's like the bowl game. And I think he uses that to his advantage. And I'm not going to lie. He's also telling guys who want to play on Sundays, this is another place where you're going to play. So uh, I think he uses that when he talks to his players. Now, you know, from an Arkansas perspective, a lot of people are talking about Bobby Petrino this week. I don't know that they're talking about it in College Station the way they are here, but it's certainly part of the conversation leading up to this game. Do you have much interaction with the coordinators? I know here, for example, I don't. I just wondered if you did. I get a chance to see them uh, over the course when I'm out at practice, and sometimes it's a quick chat if they're coming by. I do not like <laughs> to bother players or coaches when they're working, and that's, and that's what that is. But earlier, Chuck, I had a chance during a, a kickoff camp weekend that Jimbo has first and second weekend to be in the quarterback room with Bobby Petrino, uh, with Connor Wigman, Max Johnson, Jalen Henderson, and, and Marcel Reed, and it was fascinating to be in there because you get to be in different rooms. And just the way he talks, I'm going to go with Socratic. Chuck is how it is. He really wants to know what Connor does best, what Max does best, so he can tailor the plays to their strengths. It wasn't top-down where, oh, you have to do this and you have to do that. And It was a chance to watch film with him and how he interacts. And you can see him on the field. Doesn't say much, but when he does, He's going to get his point across, and, and, and I don't mean that negatively at all. There, there was a play where the quarterback threw, a, threw an incompletion at the feet of somebody, and Bobby and Jimbo at the same time were very quick to say, hey, don't just throw that away. You've got a running back over here. And I, I really think that's what it's – you're going to see a different offense. They're going to take shots. They're going to go deep. It's a combination of Bobby Petrino and also the talent that, that's come in at Texas A&M. Evan Stewart, Noah Thomas, and Anaya Smith, they can, they can change a game a little bit. You can, you can go deep, and I think that was one of the reasons why Bobby wanted to come here. I think he and Jimbo are on the same page on a lot of things. And I also think that Jimbo has said, okay, uh, unleash this talent a little bit. So I think it's going to be a talking point as we get closer to Saturday. I, I know during talking season leading up to 2023, it was how are these two going to coexist? Chuck, I'm going to be honest. I don't know why a head coach would bring in a coordinator that he doesn't get along with. <laughs> it's just I never understood that narrative along along that line, uh, but it's worked out really well. And I'll add one more name to you. One of the analysts for Texas A&M is Jim Chaney, who I believe now has worked at every SEC school, if I'm not mistaken. Jim Chaney was here. He's been at Tennessee. You're right. He's been Georgia. He's been all over. Yeah, he was uh, spent a little time here at Arkansas as the offensive coordinator. I want to get your thought on this, and then I'll move on to the game. But I know that we've got people in Arkansas that are that are interested in the Petrino angle. I felt like during talking season, 
that the supposed friction was you know, that it felt like people were almost encouraging at times. I never felt like it would be there because I've thought all along both these guys really need each other. They need this to work. It has to work, has been my impression. Agreed. I, I agree with that. And I think it was a little bit of maybe if Bobby had rubbed somebody the wrong way throughout the SEC or in Atlanta, something like that. Um, again, I thought there was – Chuck, I'm going to be honest about this when it comes to Jimbo Fisher. I always feel like the goalposts move for him. From the very beginning, it was, ah, Jimbo's not going to go there. Oh, you don't have the money to hire Jimbo. Oh, Jimbo's not going to win there. Oh, Jimbo hasn't, uh, he doesn't have a signature victory. And then they they beat Florida. Well, he's never beaten Nick Saban. Then he does that. Well, he doesn't have a national championship. Not at A&M he does it, but he does it at at Florida State. I just think it's someone who knows the SEC. I think, I, I take that back. It's two people who know the SEC. I think some people who aren't, in, aren't uh, involved in it, didn't like the way that he agreed to go to UNLV and then comes to Texas A&M, but uh, no shot at UNLV, and it, and it might be. Maybe it's a veiled shot, but I think you want the talent at, at Texas A&M, and I think Bobby can bring what he can bring. Look, he's not angling to be the head coach. I think there are people thinking about that. He gets the chance to do what he does best and be an offensive coordinator and, and work with these student-athletes and, and make them the best that they can be, and this was a great situation for him. If he wanted to stay as a head coach, he could have stayed as a head coach. But I think it was the allure of working with Jimbo, to tell you the truth, and working with his talent at Texas A&M. It sounds like Saturday the Razorbacks are going to face Max Johnson again. Uh, he came in in the second half and played well. I was looking at the numbers. I mean, he was very efficient in your win over Auburn. We obviously remember him from a year ago. I actually saw him two years ago when he played at LSU. <laughs> Give us your take on him and how he's adapted to the new uh, the new offense and what's come his way this year. See if this makes sense to you. When Haynes King was here, he was a coach's son. His dad, uh, John King, very successful program in, in Tyler, Texas. Max Johnson is a quarterback son, Brad Johnson's son, who won a Super Bowl and playing with his brother, Jake Johnson. Really worked, I thought, in this offseason and, and, and battled uh, not just last year, Haynes King, and then when Haynes went down, he came in and a freak injury at Mississippi State, um, breaking his thumb. And then the same thing happened. It's, uh, it, it was a battle with, with Connor Wigman. I think he has gotten stronger, and I think his arm motion is actually better. That's what he was really working on. And working on not just being a pocket passer. He has a little elusibility. Now, that elusiveness is not like Connor Wigman, but I, I feel like his accuracy is better. You know, it's funny, everybody, fans don't like to be called a game manager, and yet I think it's one of the things that Jimbo Fisher prizes in all his quarterbacks. You have to manage the game. Game manager is a negative when fans say it. You have to manage the game. Now, you still have to take shots, and Max will. Uh, he hit Evan Stewart for 37 yards for one of the touchdowns when he came in in the second half. Um, and I think this line is better for him. Uh, last year was kind of pieced together in and out of the lineup to have Layden Robinson back, to have Bryce Foster back at, at center. Um, SEC caliber linemen, they've been together for, for a little bit. You know, I call Max a pro because of my background in professional sports, and I know he's not, but it's that maturity. Chuck, this is his fourth year, and yet because of COVID and redshirting, he's just a sophomore. But this is a kid who's going to play in his 25th game, and it will be his 18th start. Look, he's playing for Texas A&M 
and he's one and one against Texas A&M. He played against them <laughs> twice at, at LSU. Only COVID could do this to us. I just, to me, there's a maturity. And Chuck, there's also this other thing. After after Saturday's game, he was asked, "Did he ever think of transferring?" And his answer was, "Never." This is where I want to be. These are the teammates that I want to play with. This is the degree I want to get. This is the school that I want to be at. And, you know, coincidentally, his dad has no idea that he's going to play last Saturday, but Brad Johnson is in the stands and he's watching Max Johnson hit Jake Johnson. His two sons hook up on that, on that touchdown pass. I think it's that maturity experience. Jimbo Fisher uses the phrase saddle time. Max actually has more in the SEC than Connor Wigman. And I think that's why you feel secure and the confidence in having Max be your quarterback, replacing number 15. Let me ask you about the running game. Daniels' numbers are good. Reuben Owens' numbers are good. Le'Veon Moss's numbers are pretty good. Uh, how's the running game shaping up? And it is by committee. Amari Daniels in this offseason. Uh, he, he got stronger and didn't lose any of his speed, and he was the featured back. Le'Veon was, he was dinged a little bit in the first couple of weeks a bigger back, uh, probably the biggest. And Reuben Owens is a true freshman who they're really excited about. And they will all get carries. And Chuck, you know, for Jimbo Fisher, it's not just getting the carries. You've got to pass protect. You have to be able to catch the ball. Uh, you have to do it all. So you'll see them uh, in, in different situations. Um, it will not be the same. Sometimes Reuben Owens will return a kick and stay on the field and, and be the running back. I think the addition of Le'Veon Moss being healthy now for a couple weeks, did not have him in Miami, is, is really impressive. They're not real, not when I say they have the experience of being in games, but there's not a ton of experience for them. And look, no one can replace Devon A-Chain as, as we saw what he's doing on, on Sundays. But these guys are ready. They do it by committee. They run hard. And what the Auburn learned was, once all three of these guys got the ball, Le'Veon a long run, Amari a long, long run, and Reuben Owens a long catch out of the backfield, they can really make something happen. If they can get on that second level, um, they, they can really be dangerous with some of the elusiveness and the strength that they possess. Other side of the ball, the thing that jumps out is they hold opponents, you hold opponents to 20% on third down. What's been the story there? The defensive line, uh, and it goes more than too deep. I, I think McKinley Jackson coming back at defensive tackle has helped who he will start with, Walter Nolan, and I think it helps the other defensive tackles in Albert Regis, Isaiah Rakes, and the young fellow DJ Hicks that I know they're, they're very excited about. And then that allows the defensive ends. He'll also play alongside at times Shamar Turner, who will be inside, outside, very similar to when DeMarvin Leal was here a couple of years ago but elijah robinson as the d-line coach and the co-defensive coordinator they they go by units um and i think that front four was able to control the line of scrimmage against auburn which was key and you know my partner's dave elmendorf played here played a decade with the rams as a safety and he played with the fearsome foursome and he has no problem saying that that front four helps the back seven and I think that's what they were able to do against Auburn. And, and Jimbo said not only controlling the line of scrimmage, Chuck, he said they controlled the tempo. And when a defense can do that, that's a, a reason why they were successful on Saturday. And they are better at getting off the field on third down. I thought that was a little bit of an Achilles heel last year in that season. They just could not give the ball back to the offense. 
You know, as I was filling out the spotting board for the Aggies, one of the things that I noticed was there is not an inordinate number of kids you've gotten from the portal. Now, obviously, Max Johnson is a transfer. But, you know, some of these rosters, and look, Arkansas's roster is one of them, inundated with portal guys. Is this a philosophy thing with Jimbo Fisher, or does he feel like he was able to meet his needs through what I'd call more traditional recruiting, and he doesn't need to go through the portal? I think you use the transfer portal. If it's take the take the case of cornerback Josh DeBerry played at Boston College. He's the grad. He comes for one more season to get Tony Grimes, who's been dinged and hasn't played. I think when there's an immediate need, uh, Geronte Davis comes from Jackson State, one of the linebackers. Um, I think I think it supplements the recruiting. Look, I let's be honest. There were players who left after that number one recruiting class last year. But even those players who left, it's still the number four recruiting class with the talent. And now you're seeing a lot of those freshmen become sophomores. But when you have a problem that you have to address immediately, yeah, I think that's where you have to use uh, the transfer portal. There are, and, I, and I think they used it very effectively in this offseason. But I think he's very confident in, that, in not having to go in the portal because the mature and experienced guys came back. Anaya Smith came back. Max Wright came back at tight end. Layden Robinson at offensive line. McKinley Jackson D-line. Both linebackers who start, Edgerin Cooper and Chris Russell. And Damani Richardson on the back end. Had they not come back, maybe they would have gone in the portal. But I think it's, I think it's very important that when you bring guys in from the portal, the question has to be, why do you want to be? Are you, are you someone else's problem that's coming into this program? And Quinn Grove and I talked about it earlier in this week. Sam Pittman understands you're coming here. It's got to be part of our culture. You do that. You're seeing other programs, Chuck, where these guys are going for themselves. Jimbo calls them the I got mine guys. Boy, they last usually a year, and you're kind of glad they're gone. You don't want somebody else's problem. They've got to fit your culture, and I think the Aggies have uh, picked and chosen. Jade Walker's another one from, from Grand Valley State. You pick and choose, make sure that they're the right ones, but you fill in maybe some gaps that you miss. Because, Chuck, let's be honest, you've got to recruit your own 85 every single day now oh, in the transfer portal. <laughs> you, <laughs> you're recruiting your own guys as well, and that's where it becomes a 365-day-a-year job. All right, got to ask you this as we wrap it up. It's a broadcast question. Calling the game at Cowboys Stadium, do you call <laughs> it looking at the field? Now, for those who don't know, <laughs> let me backtrack. The broadcast booths, the radio booths, at Cowboys Stadium, are high above the corner of the end zone. I mean, it's the cheap seats, basically, is what it boils down to. (laughs) It is virtually impossible to see from one end of the field to the other and call the game based on the yard lines. Do you call it looking at the field? Do you call it looking at the big screen? Do you do a combination of the two? I'm interested in how you do it because after 10 years, I still don't think I have it done. It's, it's a combo, and Chuck, when they're in the other end, I probably use that, that big screen more. I do too. But, but, I, but I find with the TV experience, it, like I use the monitor, I almost treat it like a monitor. Now, look, we just did a game from the Orange or uh, the Hard Rock Stadium where we did the Orange Bowl. That's even worse, I think, than Cowboy Stadium because they don't have that, that big old monitor. And, you know, I'm going to tell you, you know I love Andy Burcham, but I hate our spot in Auburn. <laughs> And I'm, I'm Worst in the world. Go there. 
every 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 couple of years and who knows with the new schedule chuck if it'll be every other year i don't know but no i i find myself usually when it's on the other end i try desperately to look at the field but sometimes the screen gives you a little bit of a better look like i don't always like to use binoculars because i feel like the vision you're missing stuff that's on the periphery that helps us as as broadcasting guys but no i've got to use that screen sometimes especially at the other end of the field the first year I tried to call it off the field, and at the end of the ball at at the end of the ball game, I mean, I don't know what a migraine really feels like. I've never had a <laughs> migraine per se, but I'm going to tell you, my head was pounding. It was the most frustrating three hours of my professional life, and I find myself calling virtually the whole thing off the screen right now. And it's yeah. a uh, I, I was just interested in how you did it yeah. because it's no, a, I have uh, to. To I me, to with the exception of Auburn, it's the hardest place in the world to broadcast a game on the radio. Yeah, like they they spoil us. I love the I love the people there, but it is not an ideal location for broad. Now, when they're coming to us, man, that's great. That's awesome. You see, you see more than you can can ever see. But boy, you're sacrificing the other fifty yards of the field. No, you got it. You have to use the monitor, and it does. It reminds me of the TV experience of having suddenly the game right in front of you and and using that monitor as well to see what's on camera. Andrew, you're one of my favorite guys in the business. I appreciate you taking a few minutes to talk to us, and I look forward to seeing you Saturday. Thank you. Very, very kind of you, my friend. Thank you. Safe travels as well. Give me the hogs, Chuck. Give me the hogs, Chuck. Give me the hogs. Hey, I know everybody's gearing up for the weekend, particularly if you are a regular patron on the Bet Saracen app. If you're one of those who likes to place a little wager on the game you're watching, maybe on the Razorbacks, college football, the NFL, it's all out there. There are games tomorrow night. All the SEC games, at least this weekend, are coming up on Saturday. There's nothing on Thursday night this week in terms of the conference. Everything will be on Saturday. So you got a little while to get ready. And by a little while, I mean a few hours. So if you're really going to be informed, you need to download the Bet Saracen app. I know there are a lot of national betting apps out there, but I know there are laws in our state that keep a lot of those national betting apps from operating within our state. So if you want to have the most fun, if you want to be the most informed, if you want to experience Vegas, Arkansas style, you need to download the Bet Saracen app. If you've not done so, do it today. They've got a how-to-play video. They'll get you ready to roll. Here's what it's looking like for the weekend, and we'll go over this a little bit more on Friday when we visit with Matt Jones. I was looking at what the better games are in the conference this week because Arkansas has been relegated to the SEC Network at 11. So my thought was there's got to be an abundance of great games out there. I'm still looking for them. Ole Miss and LSU, I guess that's the best one. It's at five on ESPN. LSU minus two and a half. Now, I know Kentucky and Florida is just a one-point spread. Kentucky's actually a one-point favorite over Florida. I'm not going to be watching that one. Um, that's on ESPN at 11. Somehow or some way they picked that game. I don't know. George is a two-touchdown favorite over Auburn. I bet it's more than that. Mizzou minus 13-and-a-half at Vandy. That one could be more interesting than you think. Tennessee at home against South Carolina. Tennessee minus 11-and-a-half. Bama minus 14-and-a-half over Mississippi State. That game doesn't start until 8 o'clock on uh, Saturday night. So that's the lineup. We'll go over some other stuff. 
when we uh, when we get together on Friday. I appreciate Andrew joining us today. You got the latest on Rocket. Friday we'll get the breakdown from Matt Jones. Hope you're having a great week. If you're planning to head to Dallas, be safe as you travel. We'll visit on Friday. Until then, thanks for listening. Subscribe to the Gimme the Hogs Chuck podcast. Go to hitthatline.com or search Hit That Line wherever you listen to podcasts. Don't forget to rate, review, and share. This podcast has been presented by Bet Online. This podcast is an exclusive property of Pearson Broadcasting. It may not be copied, reproduced, modified, published, uploaded, reposted, transmitted, or distributed in any way without Pearson Broadcasting's prior written consent. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.